Yes, people, it's episode 232 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? It's Sunday, the 11th of July. It is the afternoon of the Euros, Euro 2020, where England are in the final against Italy. It's not England. It's England are in the final against Italy at Wembley. England at Wembley. Are England going to do it? Who are you supporting, people? Who are you supporting, Griff? I'll tell you what I'm supporting. I'm supporting bloody England. Who else would I be supporting? Look, I get it. I get it. I get it. You've got people who don't want to support England because racists support England. Guess who else racists support? Italy. But uh, they happen to be Italian, those racists. I'm not sure if that's ever occurred to you before, that racists live in every country. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were a footballer, most likely if you're listening to this pod... Um, if you were a footballer, you'd only be eligible to play for one of these teams in the final, and that's England. That's what I'll be supporting England. Um, I look at the England team, there's 11 players in that England team that have uh, some kind of black origin in them, whether they are full black, half black, quarter black, you know, grandparent, a parent, or they are, themselves are black. Um, so these are people who look like me. You see, so that's why I'd be supporting that team. Um, I'm not going to list all the players, but I know there's 11. Um, can I list them all? Let's go. I'm going to count on my hand. I'll have to work from back to front. So Kieran Trippier, Carl Walker, Tyrone Mings. Uh, I think that's it at the back. Midfield. Calvin Phillips. Jude Bellingham. Then that means there's six attacking players. Let's see, Bukayo Saka, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. There's another two. There's another two in the squad that are not coming to my head. But I know there's 11. I saw the picture. I saw the picture. Maybe there's maybe nine. Actually, it makes sense that there's nine because the image was in the middle. And then maybe it's image of eight. I know you're probably shouting, listening to this, going, what about this guy? I can't remember. I can't remember their name. Jaden Sancho. Oh, there's one more. There's one more. Oh, let's see if I remember it. I won't be able to remember it. Um, shout out to you, though. <laughs> Um, let's see, let's see if I can find it quickly. England, England squad. But the point I'm making is this. That's a squad that looks like, looks like me. It's just that simple to me. That's, that's, that's what I'd be playing for. I mean, I get it. People just want England to not win. Uh, they don't want to hear the noise of those people who are racist and say off key things. They think about the people and boo them taking the knee. But what about all the fans that didn't boo, which is the majority of the fans? And what about the ones who, you know, who who do support the team and support them taking the What about the fans who've actually stopped supporting England, those proper racist fans, who don't even want this England team to win because that England team doesn't represent my country. Don't represent my country. Exactly. So if you're trying to say you don't support England because of how other people are going to behave, then it doesn't really make sense. All right. And here's my thing as well. 
if you're not going to support England, I understand you not supporting England when England are playing against like an African team or playing against a team from the Caribbean, basically a black country. I understand black people who don't want to support England in that context. Fully get it. But when England are playing against another European team that doesn't do anything as near as much as this country does in the sense of accepting black people. I mean, in the World Cup, I swear black people supporting France because they've got bare black players in their team. Yet the England team have bare black players in their team and you don't want to support the England team. That doesn't make sense to me. So you want to support another former European colonial power um, instead of the country that you actually have some affinity to. I don't get it. Like your, your sons, your nieces and nephews, your daughters... Friends, kids, if they play football, they're going to be playing for England. That's who these guys are who play for this England team. They are kids you know. Reese James, that was the other one. These are kids you know. So just get behind them. Plus, to want Italy to win, right, when Chiellini is the same guy, and I love Chiellini as a defender, and that's all I would judge him for, his defending. But to support a team that's captained by a guy who told Moise Keane, who was being racially abused, uh, that he shouldn't provoke the up the team's fans, the other team's fans. Yeah, you're provoking them. That's why they racially abused you. Um, what? What are you talking about? Yep. So when they were racially abusing him, Moise Keane scored a goal, celebrated in front of them. Not not in a not in an overzealous way. Just stood in front of them, and Chiellini had a go at him for saying nah. Don't, no, that's your fault. Don't do that. Have you tried being less black? <laughs> like, so for me, it just makes no sense. You, you just, especially in the Euros, you've got to be supporting England. Listen, I understand if you're Nigerian and England are playing Ghana and you'd want Ghana to win, even though that's a quote-unquote rival. I understand that. I understand that. You want to support the other African team? Fully get it. But when England are playing Italy... Italy, man. What would Selassie be saying, huh? What would Selassie be saying? If you're, if you're supporting Italy, come on. Think about it, people. Think about it. So, so what if they don't put Raheem on the front page of the newspaper? I, I remember that happened after the Germany game where everyone's going, why is it Sterling on the front of the newspapers? Listen, who cares? It's not like they put some random player on the front instead. They put Harry Kane, the goal-scoring captain who scored the goal that put the game beyond doubt. That's why he was on the front page. And the ones that he wasn't on the front page, there were some that he actually was on. It was the whole team celebrating. There was some that just had random fans in pubs celebrating. So, so what? So what? Forget all that nonsense. Yeah? I said, if you yourself was a footballer, you would be playing for either one other country that where your parents are from or where you may have been born. Or England. So let's get behind the boys. Get behind the boys. That's all I'm saying. So I will be shouting, come on to the boys. And um, yeah, of course, I want England to win. And I w- do I think they will win? Oh, that's a different question. That's a whole different story if I think England will win today. Um, I can't. <laughs> Even if I didn't want England to win, I'd want them to win just to see the seeds. The carnage in cities up and down this country because I'm not in any city for this final. 
um, I'm aware you're going to be listening to this after the final. So, but if England win, I I think someone might actually steal a train. I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. I think someone might steal a train. I, I'm predicting that. I, I'm telling you, this is Sunday. I'm, Sunday uh, it's quarter to three. But that's my prediction. When you're listening to this uh, on Monday, and we're getting reports about how people have gone way too far, I think someone's going to steal the train. I'm not sure if it's going to be an underground train or national rail. But yeah, I think, um, sadly, I think some people will die through celebrating too hard. <laughs> I think it's going to be mental. I mean, even if England lose, it's going to be mental. But if they win, oh, like, listen, if you're a boss of a company, You've got to let, just let it slide. When when your staff don't come in until 11, if they come at 11, then give them a bonus because they actually turn up. If they don't come in at all, don't worry about it. The world get done on Tuesday. It's just, you've got to let people go nuts. Boris Johnson saying he's about to give another bank holiday if England win. Um, I wonder if that bank, does that bank holiday extend to the other home nations? Because that is like, that's a bit of pill to swallow, right? If you're Scottish and you're taking a bad holiday because England won. Because I know all the other places have a devolved government, so they can choose, they could potentially have a bad holiday where England doesn't. I'm not sure if England can have a bad holiday that the other countries don't. I don't know, it'd be interested to see if those rules extend beyond the borders. I doubt they will. But I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to my friend's house. We're going to chill and barbecue and watch it there nowhere near london um so we should be all right uh we should be fine but for you lot you're going to be in london who who were in london i guess yesterday if you listen to this on monday um how i wonder how that went for you <laughs> if you live in london you just want to pop to the shops you're you're just gonna have people singing i think up and down the country up and down the country. People have been getting involved. You've got... I've been, been sent football jokes from my mum. Everyone's involved. Everyone's watching this. Um, and listen, I don't begrudge anyone who's a casual fan who's going to start watching the game today. I, I don't mind that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, my issue is people are just posting about it online, just having these kind of football-adjacent posts that just... It's like, it's like they're so... They're so miserable that the thing, the drum they always bang isn't getting attention today, that they've had to kind of shoehorn themselves in. You know, like I said, you've got people, they, they're always on the train about racism. I get it. They're always talk, posting about racism. So today, they have to shoehorn racism into the football so then they can be involved in the football. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like someone saying... Um, I think it's like if you're you always campaign about I don't know, trivialize domestic violence. You campaign about domestic violence, right? Cool. But you don't like football. But because no one's talking about domestic violence today, what you do today is you post, oh well, listen, whether England or lose, I just hope that the rates of domestic violence don't increase. And then they start posting reports about how domestic violence increases when like the national team play. And it's like, what, what, why are you posting that now? Like, what, what's that got to do with everything? Just say you don't like football. That's fine. Now you're making people think about that. 
<laughs> that's, that's what which that's what people get excited about. People get excited about a football game. You know, you're making people feel like they're getting excited about women getting beaten up because England have lost. What are you saying that? What are you doing? It's okay to not be involved. Like, it's just not your moment today. Tomorrow, when the football's done, you can talk then. I mean, now, I get it that my view is a bit skewed because people I know and people I have to socialise with aren't arseholes. So, I can imagine if you do work in, like, uh, you know, in, in, in the industry... Well, it is more industrial, you, you know, you're in your factories, in your warehouses. Uh, I know it's very stigmatised there, but I get it. Just from people I've spoken to, I get that, yeah, okay. The shop floor in those places, it might be nuts. It's where people just say racist things flagrantly with no militia, like no malice though, but just flagrant. Like, you know, Raheem misses a shot. Ah, you black bastard. He scores a goal. Fucking love Raheem. Awesome player. Like, in their mind, it was totally legitimate to call him a black bastard. <laughs> they don't see anything wrong with it. So, I, I mean, I do get, I sympathise with people who have to work with that. And I get how that drives you to think, I don't want this England team to win. But, like I said, you have if, if you were playing if you was a kid it'd be your kid that'd be getting racially abused but it would be playing for England and you want your kid to win so anyway I don't want to bang on about that what else do I want to talk about what else been going on this week nothing really because Love Island do I want to talk about Love Island I mean it's early doors um nah not really got nothing to talk about there's nothing Sensational. Now, what's been going on in my week? I'm going to talk about my week instead. My last two gigs this week, gigged um, Thursday and Friday. Thursday I was in um, Dalston. Well, Haggerston. That's where I was actually. Haggerston. Um, on Thursday, I was MC in the show. And on Friday, I was down in Croydon. In Royal Croydonia, um, which was nice. Very nice to be in Royal Cordonia. I'm trying to think if I've done anything else interesting this week. Oh, what am I talking about? This morning. I went football training this morning with a new football team. That was fun. The dynamics of being a man, uh, being the new man to a group. It, it was it was funny. Because uh, my wife was laughing at me saying, no, you're actually quite shy because I described how, described how training went. But listen, men, tell me if I'm wrong. Are you joining a new football team? You know how football is, so it's just training, it's just a kickabout in on the 4G pitch. You have someone in goal. This is before the training starts. You have somebody in goal, and everyone just basically levering shots, taking turns to just lever shots towards goal, right? So I don't explain this to Naomi. She goes, oh, so did you just join in with the shoot? I was like, no. She's like, why not? Why did you just like say hello to people? I was like, no, I just stood in the corner and just stretched. And she was like, oh, what, like, were you too shy to talk to? I was like, no, it's just when you're socialising on a, in a skill-based setting, you can't be coming with the banter and the smiles until you show you've got the skills. See what I mean? Like, especially if I don't know anyone. If I'm like Jim's mate, oh, this is Jim's mate, Darren. All right, hey, Jim's a prick. Hey, I've endeared myself to the group. That's fine. But when I'm just a complete stranger... I just messaged randomly on the FA website to all these clubs. I know no one, no affiliation at all. Turn up, keep myself to myself. 
I've got to prove that I'm good enough to even be here first. And then, only then, I can start battering. But I'm, they need to know whether I'm good. And I'm slicing balls over the fence and bantering people. They're like, who's this prick? They signed him, so no, kept it calm. Just played football. I mean, the new guy, the new... So I'm the new, new man, but the new man spoke to me. Obviously, because he doesn't know many people. So he saw I'm the new man. He goes, oh, you all right, mate? So I spoke to him. He was the first guy I spoke to me. And, um, yeah, so I just played. Played and did all right. They said they wanted me to join the team. But it's throughout the game. You know, this is when you know you, like, you're you're uh, endearing yourself to the team when they start wanting to pass the ball to you. It's one thing they have to pass the ball to you. Because it just makes sense. But then it's different when they actually want to pass the ball to you. They're looking for you. They're looking at you. Oh, right, there he is. Passed him. Is that ah, cool? So, yeah, so I'll be joining that team. So, more local to me. I don't have to travel to Harlow to play football anymore. It'll be good. Now, all I have to do is just not get injured like an old man. I mean, both my knees are dreadful. And where I've been having physio on my left knee, it's like now my right knee hurts. <laughs> It's annoying because I know exactly, and it's the exact same pain that was in my left knee. Because I've been having physio, I know exactly what the injury is. So I know how to manage it, but it's just a pain in the ass. It's just it's just like my knees just feel sensitive. I feel like Owen Hargreaves. It's just annoying. But it's all right though. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Right, I'm just seeing if there's anything else that's going on in the news uh, to talk about. I feel like it must be. Let's have a look. See if I've made any notes about anything that's gone on this week. Um, um, nope. Wait, is that? I don't think that's anything to do with anything, is it? No. <laughs> I've got all my notes. Pretty privileged. Man on the train. Now, I don't know if that's something that I observed this week or. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's a wild note to, to make there. But no, nothing there. Let's see if there's anything on Twitter. That's happened. Um, uh oh. I think Bakerloo line is. Oh dear. Oh, wow. No tube trains to Wembley Central due to people self-isolating on the Bakerloo. Like, oh, my God. That is uh, that's pretty shocking. TFL have, had planned to stop Bakerloo line trains at 7 o'clock due to star soldiers, but will now run an all-day service. Ah, OK, now they're running an all-day service. Yeah, they can do that. They could do that. Like, that has just caused absolute carnage. Um, nah, nothing's happening. Absolutely nothing's happening. Nope. All right, cool. I think we're just going to um, Dear Deirdre, really. Because I can't see anything worth talking about. That's... Um, There's a Wimbledon final. But I haven't watched any of it. I really... This is what makes me realise that I am a Serena Williams fan. 
uh, well, was when it came to tennis, because when she was doing well, I was watching, t- I'd watch tennis and then watch the men's game. And Andy Murray, I was Andy Murray and the Serena Williams fan. So now they're not really involved and they haven't been for years due to injuries. I just kind of drifted away. I think Djokovic is in the final today. Um, yeah, I'm just reading now. Djokovic against Matteo Berrettini. All right, so 30th Grand Slam final, 7th at, Wem- at Wembley, you know, at Wimbledon. Oh, dear. Yeah, man. Anyway, forget that. Boring. Um, no, something else. Anyway, let's get to... Dear Deirdre. This is a slow-paced pod. I think I'm pretty distracted. I'm just thinking about the game. Do some friendship later and watching the game. It's going to be fun. I'm looking at the weather as well. It's a bit grey and overcast. And then we're heading to a barbecue. So that's not looking hopeful. I'll check the weather after. But this, it's not... I ain't feeling optimistic about this weather. Anyway, um, dear Deirdre, threesome with my husband and another woman has made me so jealous, dear Deirdre. I feel like my husband has cheated on me, even though I consented to a threesome with another woman. <sighs> I can't get images of their naked entwined bodies out of my head. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, a threesome might sound great as an idea, as a concept, as a theory. <laughs> you know, you might have read an erotic novel for, ooh, sounds sexy, but the reality, that's why I, I just can't stand it. We've been like married couples, are like, yeah, we'll just bring someone else in. It's like, I can understand you being the person coming in. It's like, I don't care if I scatter this relationship, it's nothing to do with me. But like, how do you sit down the next morning Across the dining table eating your cornflakes. No, they either saw your fella pamming another woman or you saw another guy pamming your woman. Just like, what? I, I, like if that's what turns you on, fine. But you need to know that before you enter the threesome because, like I said, that's, that's going to change the course of the relationship. <laughs> you got to know your levels, know your boundaries. That's nuts to me. Let's read this. Anyway, my husband and I have been together for nine years, married for five. He's 32. I'm 30. We have two children, age seven or four. I feel like you're too young for that madness. When you hit your 60s and you don't care, fine. But in your early 30s, I feel you're too young for that madness. Um, so, no. Anyway, we've always been really adventurous. And I felt confident my husband fancied the pants off of me. Um, off me, yep. He was always grabbing my bum as I walked by and our sex lives was very much alive. Before the pandemic, we went to a couple of swinging clubs. Neither of us ever had full sex with anyone else. It was only ever soft play. Then my husband said he really wanted a threesome with another woman. I was interested as I've always been attracted to other women. So recently, a 31-year-old, right between your ages, uh, we met through one of the swinging clubs, agreed to visit our home one evening for drinks and fun. That's what's called drinks and fun. After a few glasses of wine, we all went upstairs. My husband started kissing and undressing me, then did the same to her. Then he sat back and watched as we explored each other's bodies. So he's not jealous, obviously. Um, Everything was going well until he moved in on her. He seemed more passionate with her than he'd ever been with me. 
then things went crazy. <laughs> I was like, how you're having a threesome. But to you, nothing was crazy up until this, this point. Now things got crazy. I, I want to know what happened to, for you to feel like there was a gear shift. Because you already said he was a bit passionate, more passionate with her than you. But there's a gear shift coming. What is it? Anyway, then things went crazy. He started to have, have sex with her while fondling me. I was already started to feel edged out. Now everything has changed for me. Oh dear, weeks have passed and I can barely look at him. I feel broken and numb. I've lost my confidence and I'm struggling to keep it together, which I know I have got to for my children's sake. I wish that I could turn back time. Eesh. So it doesn't sound like you've got a dilemma there, really. It sounds like you're upset by the threesome. Um, we're just expecting your husband, right? Is he asking for another one? If not, then you just have to get over it. Just get over that. He might be like, yeah, it was all right, but I didn't like it. Have you actually asked him? He, he may have not even enjoyed it that much. Granted, he may have had the time of his life. Maybe <laughs> the time of his life. Um, but, I don't know, you just got to talk about it, right? Like, there's no point being upset. I mean, you're allowed to be upset, but I feel like you need to sort that out. That is mad, though. Just, um, that's why I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I just, um, Imagine being a killjoy in the middle of the freezer as well, just screaming, nope, stop, everyone get up, put your clothes on, go on. You can't be that guy either. I wonder how many people have had the social pressure of they don't want to be a party pooper. So you see everyone's having a good time, they're not enjoying it, but they don't want to be that guy. He says, guys, I think we should stop now. I think it's gone too crazy. Does it ever be that person in a... Freeze the world orgy. Just goes. It's, it's got a bit too crazy, guys. I think everyone should just like have a glass of water and chill out. Maybe five minutes in different rooms. Everyone's set for it, just to calm it down. It's got a bit crazy. <laughs> oh dear. Let's see. Um, oh wow! 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 Life of crime. My new neighbour. New neighbour, brilliant, tricked me into stashing his drugs and guns. How? How? Was it like an Amazon package that came in that goes, oh, the package long, can you take it in for me? And if it was, how would you know? That, okay, so let's the police kick your door down. You've got four Amazon packages in your, <laughs> in, in your hallway. They're all full of drugs and guns. I don't know, but even then they'd be addressed to someone else. I need to know how you got tricked. Like, did they offer to, did they ask, like, borrow something from you, like a lawnmower? Then when they gave it back, it was stuffed full of drugs and guns. I just, I'm trying to understand what happened here. Let's see. I moved to a new city for work seven years ago and I'm now settled here. I have a good job working as a laboratory assistant and have my own little flat, which I love. It's nothing fancy, but I felt safe. Cool. Um, then, but then a new David moved in. I'm a 24 year old woman, he is 29. He befriended me and we spent nights watching movies together. I really liked him and thought he was looking out for me. Uh, I mean, that's nice. See how messed up I am. That I can't believe that these two neighbours can just be platonic friends. Because they're so close in age and I'm assuming they're both single. That they can't just hang out and watch films. You know, they're neighbours. Maybe they're just totally unattracted to each other. That could possibly happen. 
But I was just looking at it going, hmm, you're complete strangers to each other, and now you're just hanging out, watching films. Anyway, that's not the point of the, the story. Let's see where it goes anyway. Honestly, how these drugs and guns get, uh, how you're tricked into stashing them. Let's see. But then one night he turned up with a box and asked me to look after it. There you go. I said I could for a little while and then he opened it. Inside were neatly packed packets of drugs and three guns. I told him straight away I changed my mind. There you go. But he laughed and told me I work for him now. As he left, he smirked at me saying, unless you want to die. Jesus, that's not a trick. <laughs> that's not a trick. That's, that's, um... Wow, that's like extortion. I, I um, it's a strange thing. Everything you should do, you can't do. So you're not a criminal. So you're allowed. You you don't have to play the rules of crime. Therefore, you can cross the threshold. You're you're just a normal civilian. So you don't have any street code. You can just call the police, uh, or go visit the police, and tell them this is what's happened. So could you be discreet about this? I know where he lives because he handed it to me. Um, but you guys got to make sure like he can't come back out. And that's the problem is, can you actually trust the police to do that for you? No. Because the last thing you want to do is snitch on him. And he knows exactly where you live because you live right next door to him. So I don't know. I don't know what to do there. But I think I would. I think I'll be... Telling police, look, what if this happened? That I'll be talking in hypotheticals to the police. That's what I'll be doing. I'll be saying that, hey, just imagine, hey, and I'm not saying it's not anyone in this story, that if someone's neighbour brought drugs and guns to the house and then told them they would die if they didn't accept them, how should they tell the police to arrest that man? Again, it's not me. And make sure that he doesn't murder me when you release him through lack of evidence and not bringing charges against him. Again, when I said me, not me, it's hypothetical. Next thing you know, police are coming, blue lights, tearing down your street. <laughs> Bagging on his door. Open the door, open the door. The woman at number 42 said you've got drugs and guns. Jesus. Jesus, man. That's probably as well. Possession. Did need to be in his possession, right? Currently you're in possession. So, but listen, you're innocent. I hope that's how it'd work. Or would they just not listen? But why else we need to investigate if they're your drugs? No. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just need to take my word for it that these are not mine. Okay, yeah, imagine. They would have to investigate properly. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, you're going to get murdered. Um, what can you do to not get murdered? Um, I guess move. <laughs> you just got to move. So I'm doing I'll, I'll just have to move. No matter how inconvenient it is. Don't matter if my tenancy started a week before, my mortgage started a week before. I'm, I'm moving. Someone's handing me guns and drugs and telling me I work for them. Nah. nah. No, I don't. I'm going away. You've won this one, but no. I don't need to win. I'm going. Leave me alone. Um, right, one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. Um, uh, 
Oh, wow. Dear Deirdre, dating that girlfriend was using me for sex and does not want a future. Oh, is this a woman writing this? Or Sorry, that was sexist, but I just assumed. <laughs> Dear Deirdre, I thought I was in a relationship <laughs> that had a future. But it turns out that my girlfriend has been using me for sex. It's not something uh, you would imagine a guy complaining about. Yeah. Uh, but I feel hurt and I'm desperate to understand why she didn't want me. Wow. It's immediately sounding very weak. I think it's that. I think it's that needy, whiny attitude right there. It's why she didn't want you. That's a guess. Um, we met on a date in that nine months ago. She's 27. I'm 34. After chatting and swapping pictures for a couple of weeks, we agreed to meet up for a, meet up in the bar for a drink and then have a meal together. We never made it to the restaurant. Two drinks in, she suggested coming back to my place, and I obviously agreed. See, that's what happens, mate, when you're loose. <laughs> you had some standards. If you had your best friend there, he would have told you, hey, respect yourself. You came out for a meal. Why are you now inviting random girls back to yours and sleeping with them? Hmm? I bet you didn't even tell your friend that's what was happening because you was embarrassed because you knew he was behaving like a hoe. Stop behaving like a hoe, Stephen. <laughs> hey, like, hey, it's crazy though because I, I joke about that but if you did want a relationship um, then you would want to be showing more about yourself, right? I don't know. Sounds crazy, but it's true. I'm not saying that if you do sleep with someone on the first night, you can't have a relationship with them. Not not at all. But I'm saying if you're dating, looking for a partner, and they just want to jump into bed with you on the first night, that should be like a, a red flag. It should be a red flag. But anyway, let's see. Um, at the time, I couldn't believe my luck. She was gorgeous, with a really fit body, and she couldn't get enough of me. We had sex five times that first night. Jesus. Jesus. And after that, we met up as often as we could for romps. In the second lockdown, we became each other's bubble, and I began to fall for her. Oh, no. I thought she felt the same. Oh, no. Uh, looking back, I guess I should have noticed the signs. We didn't talk much about anything serious. So whenever I mentioned future plans, she would just be vague or just change the subject. Jesus. This is a pure role reversal. Pure role reversal. Jeez. Bet she's in a WhatsApp group. I'll just beat one tick. <laughs> oh, dear. That's funny. She was in your support bubble, but her support bubble was massive. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Um, but I was blinded by lust. Our chemistry was off the scale, and I loved her sexual confidence and adventurousness. Since lockdown ended, I haven't seen much of her. Yes, you haven't, because she's now got new dick appointments all over the city. Now lockdown's ended. And she makes excuses not to meet and barely text. Ooh, proper vague. Don't worry, she's gonna see, you're going to see a picture on her Instagram saying, New Bay. And you're going to be left there looking at going, oh. oh. Okay. I remember I had that before. Seeing someone, kind of seeing, linking, if you want to call it that. On and off. And um, yeah, I tried to message them out of the blue. Didn't get anything back. And then within like a minute or two, their social media picture changed to them and some new guy. I was like, 
That's all you had to say. <laughs> and you said it. Now I know. I'll stop messaging you. So that's what's going to happen to this guy. Uh, dear. Uh... So I haven't seen much of her. She makes excuses not to meet and barely text. When I suggested a proper date and asked if she might like to move in, she laughed. Jesus. She says she thought I knew she was only, she only wanted a casual relationship. The truth is, I was just her lockdown sex buddy. I want a proper I want a proper girlfriend, and it's horrible thinking she only ever wanted me for sex. My confidence has taken a knock. How do I get over this? Here's how you get over this, mate. The stroke one out. Then have a think about what you want in life. If you have feelings for her after you stroke one out. Then you like her. But if all your feelings for her disappear, then all it is is that you really liked having sex with this woman. And that's it. You might be mistaking your feelings of lust for love or anything more than that. So stroke one out. And then if she comes to mind after, then you like her. But she don't like you, so you have to move on. But if you stroke one out and you don't think about her, then you don't really like her. So then you just move on. That's it. Use some of that post-nut clarity, that wisdom, to work out what you want in a relationship. That's what you need to do. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's it on that one. Um, right, 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 right. Anything else? Ooh, one more, one more. Right, this is the last one, because I think we talk about 40-odd minutes now, right? 37 minutes. Okay, 40 minutes is a good time to stop Lance nightmare oh I thought it was a woman but this is terrible I accidentally found my mum's sex toy and now I feel traumatised I bet you do how did you accidentally find it where were you where this sex toy also was who was it was it your mum being absolutely ropey and rogue and leaving their sex toy just like in the kitchen or was it you rummaging through drawers looking for money or something and that's where you found it I need to know what happened did she have like a blast at night and then just fall asleep with it on top of the duvet? You've knocked on the bed, you've doored, but what, mum? I'm just popping. Oh my god, what's that on the bed? And it's the Dongmaster 7000. You're just like, why is it so big? Um, anyway, <laughs> I need to borrow a charger, so I went into her bedroom to borrow hers and was shocked at what was charging. There it is. So it's your mum being rogue. I'm, oh, I'm a 17-year-old lad and the idea of my mum having sex at all is traumatising me. How can I forget what I saw? I can't look her in the eyes. So I'm guessing your dad's not around then. If you're traumatised by the idea of your mum having sex, because that's what would have happened for you to come about, mate. So what would you prefer? Would you prefer finding a sex toy or finding another dude's penis? Those are your options. So now I'm giving you those two options. Surely seeing a sex toy is just like, ah, calm. That's what she wants to do. Because those are your options. As much as you'd like to think your mum is a non-sexual entity. And I guess she is as your mum, but she's not just your mum. Yeah? She's... She's Helen. That's who she is. She's Helen. 
just made up a name. I was trying desperately going. Through, I was going through like a file of facts of names. I was going, no, that's someone's mum. That's someone's mum's name. I know. That's someone's mum's name. I know. That's some. <laughs> but yeah, she's Helen, and Helen has needs. Actually, that's made me think of um, the Lonely Island. To have a song called Mother Lover, um, which is hilarious, and I'm going to listen to itself this pod. Uh, but yeah, if you ever heard that, go listen to that. That is just what's came to my head. Anyway, so that's it. I think that's the end of the pod. I am knackered. Need some sleep, but I can't because I'm going to be jumping up and down like a lunatic for England. Um, now I'm taking my break from comedy. When I say a break, it's not like a big career break. It's just like two, two weeks, three weeks. Might be gigging again until the thirtieth of July at the Millfield Theatre in Tottenham uh, and Resistance Comedy so it's after lockdown should be a full house that's what we're hoping um, I'll be there for that that'll be our first gig back so in front of a theatre not even a small one proper theatre it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be nuts see what I come out with by then should definitely have a child about because we are now, as we're recording, we are 39 and 2. So, 40 weeks on a Friday. 39 and 3 when you start listening to this on the Monday. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming home. <laughs> anyway, that is the end of the pod. Um, yeah, go to downgriffs.com forward slash gigs to get tickets for upcoming shows. Like I said, Comedy Fest at the end of August. That's going to be sick. Seriously, go look at that website, see the lineup, and you'll see what kind of event that's going to be. Um, I don't want anyone to see the event and go, oh, I didn't know this was on. No, I don't, don't want any of that. I'm not sure how well it's being advertised. I imagine there's posters all around the area, but go get your tickets. So even if you don't come on the Friday, the opening show that I'll be on, just go. It's going to be fun. I'm going to the other days that I'm not performing because I know it's going to be that sick of the event. So go to that. But if not, go to other gigs. DarrenGriffiths.com forward slash gigs. All right, that's the end of the pod. I'm out of here. Peace.